Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. God bless you. I want to give God some praise this morning. Come on, don't be weary. Give God some praise this morning. Is he worthy to be praised? Oh, that doesn't sound like a worthy praise. Come on and give God some praise this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We truly greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. So lovely to be in the house of the Lord. Glad to see everybody that's here. We welcome also those who are joining us via KCTV. We greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Is anybody glad to be in church this morning? Amen. 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 We thank God. We thank God for um, everybody that is serving in the church. We truly thank you for keeping the church going and keeping all the programs moving. We truly appreciate you. We also appreciate again uh, the Embrace team. We thank God that you had a wonderful time. Amen. I know I had a wonderful time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. There was no calls. Where are you? There was no messages. There was peace. Amen. Nice holiday. Can the men say amen? Amen. That's the macho version. Amen. The true version is that the embrace was at nine o'clock. And by 10, I was looking for my wife. Where are you? (laughs) I can't find my socks. (laughs) Amen. But we thank God for our women. Amen. We truly thank God for them and what God is doing. Amen. We're going to share in the word of God this morning. And uh, we're going to spend some time uh, in ministry this morning. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit has instructed us this morning to just minister to some people, uh, and I believe it's in sync, even as uh, Greg was leading service, he highlighted the fact that um, the Spirit wants to do something here this morning, and I believe it's a confirmation for the word that he has sent us this morning. It's not so much a preach but it's more a preparation for ministry time because God wants to minister to some people uh, this morning. Uh, so we'll be spending some time in prayer. So I won't be too long. I just want to share uh, and pack a few things to bring some understanding for what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Amen. So why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's got a word for you. Ah, your neighbor is still sleeping in embrace. Turn to your other neighbor say, neighbor. God's got a word for you. Amen. We're going to share on the subject of the ministry of the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, I believe we're coming into a time where we need a church that is flowing in the power and in the demonstration of the Spirit. But not only the power and demonstration of the Spirit, but understanding person, the personality of the Holy Spirit himself. A lot of times we pray and we are are conscious of uh, 
God and we're conscious of his spirit, but we, we've never really engaged the Holy Spirit in his person. And I believe this morning that God wants to give us some understanding on that wise and also understanding on how to engage with the Holy Spirit, understanding on how to grow with the help of the Holy Spirit, and really understanding how to engage when the Bible said that God has given us power. How do I engage with that power? Amen. So I'm going to try and be very quick. If the media team can help me this morning, we, with, uh, I'll be going through a number of scriptures that we need to go through. If you can use the King James Version, uh, please. It's just easier for me. Uh, if we can use the King James Version. And uh, we're going to go through a number of scriptures to bring understanding to this thing. Amen? Amen. Let's turn, first of all, to the book of Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 quickly. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, if we can have it on the screen. Genesis 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We pray now, God, even as we come before your table, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, this is now your hour. This is now your time. Have your divine way. Take self out of the way and, Lord, send the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. Father, Lord God, speak to us in a way that only you can. As we ask it in Jesus' name. And all the church said? Amen. Let's have a scripture back on the screen. Please just keep it on there. So here, verse 7. Verse 7. Let's go back to verse 7. So here God, in the process of creation, the Bible says that God forms man of the dust of the earth. And the Bible says that he breathes into him the breath of life. The pneuma, the life force, the thing that will give this body, this soul, the ability to live and abide in the realm of the garden. You need to understand that whatever realm God calls you to, there has to be an associated life force that is governing you in that particular realm. So the Bible says that when God creates Adam in the garden, he had to give him a life force to be able to live in that realm of the garden. Are you with me so far? Amen. So he breathes into him the breath of life. Let's go to Luke 24 and verse 49. Luke 24 and verse 49. So he's breathed into him the breath of life. To enable him to live in that realm. Luke 24. Luke 24 and 49. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So here we find in Luke, this is at a time when... The, the work of the cross had, had, had now occurred. Jesus had died on the cross. Hallelujah. He had come to the earth, 
had ministry, died on the cross, and he died for your sins and mine. Amen? So the Bible says, as he begins to give the disciples the last instructions before he ascends to heaven, he begins to give them understanding. He says that now that you've become born again, you have come into a new realm. Amen? Because the Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When Adam sinned in the garden of Eden, the Bible says that that brought death upon humankind. And God in his infinite wisdom then institutes a plan for the redemption of humanity and says, I will send my only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come and die on the cross, hallelujah, to pay the price for all our sins. I don't care who you are, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that as he brings the plan of salvation through Jesus, Jesus dies on the cross. Jesus is buried the three days. He then rises up and then now as he gives the final instructions, he said, now that I'm about to ascend, I need you disciples to understand something. And what I need you to understand Is that the Bible says that Jesus came into this world as the second Adam. In other words, the same way that Adam came into this world and God breathed into him the breath of life and appointed him to live in that realm of the garden. The Bible says that when Christ died on the cross and was risen again, that gave us the ability to then become the sons of God. Hallelujah, I wish I was in church this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He then gave us power to become the sons of God. In other words, he translated us from a life of sin, from being born in sin and shaped in iniquity. He moves us through the death of the cross from sin into eternal life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, you need to be happy that God translated us from sin into eternal life. So here God then explains to them that now that you are saved, I need you to take this message of salvation into all the world. Amen? I need you, I've commissioned you to take this message of salvation into all the world. But before you do that, you need to understand that because I translated you from the realm of sin and godliness and righteousness and darkness, I have now translated you into the kingdom of God. So now that I have translated you from one realm of sin into another realm of the kingdom, just like God breathed into man the breath of life, I then need to breathe into you. Oh, you ain't hearing me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I then need to breathe into you a new breath of life to empower you for this new realm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So just like Adam, 
God says Jesus comes as a second Adam. He then now needs to breathe into him the power, the pneuma, the ability to live in this new kingdom called the kingdom of God. And to become the sons of God. Amen. So he begins to explain to them. He said, look, the process is incomplete. Now, I need you to tarry. I need you to wait. Because even though you are in this world, you are not of this world. Amen? So he says, tarry, tarry, wait in Jerusalem until I pour out my spirit and breathe. Just like I breathed into Adam. Uh, I breathe the life-giving force that will enable you to live in the kingdom. The Bible says that life-giving force is the Holy Spirit. Oh, nudge your neighbor, say neighbor, you need the Holy Spirit. Oh, you need your whole, the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the Holy Spirit in your job. You need to bring the Holy Spirit. Just like Greg said this morning, he says we need to become spiritual parents. To become that spiritual parent, you need the Holy Ghost. Huh? You need the Spirit. So now he tells them to tarry. Let's turn quickly. Let's go. John chapter 14, 16 to 17. Amen. John 14, 16 to 17. Are we following so far? Amen. If your neighbor isn't following, say neighbor. Keep following. Huh? And I will pray the father and he shall give you what? Another comforter. Eh, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you how long? Forever. In other words, the process of salvation, he gave us very distinct steps to move from the realm of sin into the realm of what we call his kingdom. The first thing you need to acknowledge that I am a sinner. I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. I agree, God, that you came onto this earth to die for my sins. I give my life to you, Lord. Hallelujah. I repent of my sins. I turn away from a life of sin and ungodliness and I turn to you. The Bible says, that's the first step. The next step the Bible says is that you need to be baptized in his name. Hallelujah. You need to be baptized in Jesus name. And thirdly, the Bible says you need to be endued with power. Amen. Let's move quickly. I want to move quickly and get the scriptures out of the way so we can pray. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Let's go quickly. Let's go quickly. Hallelujah. Amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So now they are waiting. Amen. Go ahead. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Three. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Four. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
So, Jesus gives them an instructions to wait. But as he gives them an instructions, how will they know that the comforter has come? There had to be some kind of sign. There had to be some kind of notification. There had to be some kind of confirmation that now the spirit has been poured out. Hallelujah. And his indwelling in us. So the Bible says that they begin to speak in other tongues. So there was an evidence. Amen. See, church, we need to fall back to the word of God. Let's not fall on our own beliefs and doctrines and what the world says and what we feel. No. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that they spoke in other tongues. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, 44, 48. Acts chapter 10, 44 to 48. Here again. We find Peter. So Peter now had been summoned to come and speak to some Gentiles. God had to deal with him because he had a bit of racism in him. Amen. He had a little bit of bias in him. He thought that this thing of salvation was only to the Jews. So God had to deal with his racism. God had to deal with his bias. And so the Bible, in the, in the previous verses, he sends him a vision, etc., etc. Amen. So that to show him that this thing of salvation was for everybody. So God, he, Peter then obeys the word of God, the calling of God to go to these people who were Gentiles. Because God had instructed them to go and share the gospel there. Hallelujah. I know you're waiting for an angel to come and preach to you, but that would be a violation of, of God's principles. Men are, and men are who have been commissioned. Men and women are who has been commissioned to bring the word of salvation to you. Hallelujah. Any doctrine that says an angel came and preached to me, that is not Bible. Oh, I wish I had people who believed in the Bible this morning. Huh? Keep it there, 44. The Bible reads, keep it there, please. Keep it there. Keep it there. While Peter yet spake these words, in other words, he was explaining to them about salvation. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. 46, 45, sorry. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. In other words, the Jews were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hold it there. So what was the evidence that it was poured out? There has to be an evidence that the Holy Ghost has been poured out on the Gentiles too. Verse 46. For they heard them speak with. Oh, you're scared to read, huh? Come on, we're in Cambridge, the intellectual city. We can read, right? Huh? For they heard them speak with and magnify God. Second, another example. Then Peter answered, then answered Peter 47. Can any man forbid water baptism? Amen. So, 
you can't make up your own idea and doctrine of how to translate yourself from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. God gave them a formula and a process. You cannot cut corners because you saw something on Wikipedia or YouTube. What does the Bible say? God has commissioned us to create disciples. And disciples are disciplined followers of somebody. And the disciplined followers need to be able to explain and expound their faith to others to create more disciples. Amen? So when we preach and teach like this, we need to get away from just thinking coming to church is all about having a good time and ticking a box. It's about learning and being empowered to go out there and be disciples. Amen. Let's have the scripture back. Let's have the scripture back. Where were we? Can any man forbid water that this should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we, 48. And he commanded them, he commanded them, he commanded them that in order to fulfill all righteousness, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Amen. There was an evidence. Acts 19. Acts 19 and 1. Acts 19, 1 to 6. Let's move quickly. Acts 19, 1 to 6. A couple more scriptures and we're done. Acts 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Uh huh. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye be? So there was an expectation from Paul that if you have come to salvation and you say you've given your life to Christ, have you received the Holy Ghost? Amen. Oh, not your neighbor. Say, neighbor, we need to do it right. Oh, your neighbor doesn't believe you. Try your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, we need to do it right. Let's go. Let's go to the scripture. Let's go to the scripture. Have ye received the Holy Ghost since he believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Three. And he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? Ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor, what unto what were ye baptized? If you don't have the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Unto what then were ye baptized? Huh? And they said unto him, John's baptism. Then said Paul, John, very, no, let's go to four, let's go to four, it's fine, let's go to four. Then said Paul, media team is eager, don't worry, I'll go, I'll try and go fast. I know you want me to finish. Don't worry, I'll be done just now. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. Uh huh. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go ahead. Verse 6. 
And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and, read it together, and... I don't care what you say. My precedence has to be on the word of God. That's what has to set the precedence for my belief and my salvation. And the precedence that was set, repentance, baptism, infilling of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And we're not ashamed to be tongue-talking believers. You should not be ashamed You should not be afraid to speak in tongues. You should not be fearful to pray in the spirit. You should not be fearful to come in a church like this and open your mouth and praise God. And the Bible said they prophesied. All of them. Not just the ones that had the title of prophet. Amen somebody. Let's land this thing. So I think we all agree on the process of salvation. And the evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So why is it then that people struggle to be filled with the Holy Spirit? We're getting to the crux of the matter now. See, God wants to fill some people this morning. And he wants you to understand. That's why we had to go through this foundation And now we get to the crux of the matter. So, why is it that people struggle to be filled with the Holy Spirit? To speak in tongues. Amen. So, let's have a look. Let's have a little bit of look about the mechanics of being filled with the Spirit. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. Now. A lot of times the struggle, amen, is simply a lack of understanding of the word of God. And the lack of understanding is because either the word has never been shared with you with the power of the Holy Spirit and revelation of the Holy Spirit behind it. Amen. Sometimes we can hear the word. When we were unsaved, we could hear the word of God, but it never affected us. The Bible says, in whom the God of this world has blinded what? The minds. It's interesting that the mind has got eyes to see. He has blinded what? Not their eyes, their minds. So strongholds, when we talk about strongholds and sometimes warfare, strongholds at best of time are fought in the mind. Why? Because you've been receiving different information as you grow up. So because of the information that you have received, you live your life according to the information you have received. So that is how the Bible says that the devil manages to blind the minds of this generation to not see. Keep the scripture, please. Keep the scripture. In whom the God of the... No, go back to four. Don't rush me. Go back to four. (laughs) Don't rush me. (laughs) In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Uh Uh-huh. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, one of the troubles is that when you're praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit, there is a blindness in the mind. 
Why? Because of the information that they've received or the lack thereof. Amen. And some of us have received information that says you need to wait long. Or you've received information that it's only for certain people. Or you've received information to say, I'm not holy enough. But one of the works of the Holy Spirit was to come and to purge you and to purify you. So it doesn't make sense that God should withhold the Holy Spirit for you from you until you get right. No, he sent the Holy Spirit to help you get right. He says you'll be your counselor, your comforter, your advocate, your guide, your powering force. Blinded the minds of them which believe not. So a lot of times it's a lack of belief based on the things that you have picked up in your mind. Amen. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. See the devil just as God has a plan for your life. How many people believe God has got a plan for their life? The same way That God has got a plan for your life. The devil has got a plan for your life. Did he not try to kill all the firstborn? At the time of Moses. Did he not try to kill the. uh, All all the Hebrew children. Did he not try to. Kill Jesus before his time. The devil had a plan. And a lot of times, the devil has made a plan for our lives. And during different times in our lives, he brings in seducing spirits and wrong doctrines and wrong understanding. So that you believe not. Amen. But from the scriptures we've seen today. That when Peter came to, uh, to minister to the Gentiles. There was no long wait. There was no inquisition to say, how have you been living your life? Are you living in sin? Or are you living your life good? Or you, are you, you can receive the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. The Bible says Paul prayed for them and they received the Holy Spirit. So one of the reasons people struggle is a lack of belief. So this morning, you need to understand that as we are praying for you, hey man, you need to believe that the Holy Spirit has already been poured out for you. Amen? You have to believe it. John 7, 38. I promise. Last scripture. John 7, 38. And then we'll be praying. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living Waters. Keep that in mind. Okay? Keep that in mind. So now, when it comes to the mechanics of being filled with the Spirit. See, the Bible talked about when a house, when there's a demon in a house, the Bible says, and, and, the, and, and the demon is kicked out of the house, the Bible says that that vessel is swept and garnished and clean. The Bible says that the spirit then go wanders around, amen, in desolate places and then comes back to the vessel and finds it swept and garnished and clean. And then what does it do? It's interesting. He then the Bible says that it invites huh? 
seven more de- deeper demons, seven more stronger spirits and devils to come in and occupy that place. So, the thing that you need to understand that as we are praying for you, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit is about access. Amen? So, what happens, okay? I need my co-preacher now to come. Because I need, I need somebody very English to help me preach this part now. Lee is out because he's Af- African. <laughs> I know that already. <laughs> he's half African, he is. <laughs> so he's... He's a great, great come. <laughs> come. He's half African. Lee, are you not half African? In Jesus' name. <laughs> Greg, come please. Greg, bring bring the bike. Bring the bike. <laughs> now. So. Now, pay attention. This is very important because even the scriptures we've used today, it's very important that you make note of those because as you go out, you need to be able to bring this understanding to people and you need to be able to lead people to sal- not only to salvation, explain to them the process of salvation, but you also need to be able to pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? And it's very simple. First of all, here is great. The Bible says that That spirit brought seven other devils, right? So the issue was that now, remember before there was only one, as far as we see from the the scripture. But when he comes back, he comes back with more. Why? Because when it was cast out, when God delivers you, he cleans out your vessel. Huh? When you give your life to Christ, he forgives you of your sins. He takes your past and he throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. I mean, he he clears the slates. Amen. So now, when that temple was had a clean slate, there was when the when the spirit came back, it found that the temple was empty. In other words, it did not invite the Holy Spirit to now dwell in there. So for most people, they come to God and they come to salvation, but you have still not invited the Holy Spirit to come in and abide in you and dwell in you. So you're still facing the same struggles that you were facing years ago when you gave your life to Christ and you're scratching your head and wondering what is going on. Because of access. Amen. So now there was bigger access in the temple to fit seven other demons. Amen. So what you need to do as we are praying for you, you need to give the Holy Spirit access. Amen. The Bible says that out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Now, if you've ever seen videos of uh, where a river starts, it starts at a, it's a very small trickle. Mm. Amen? The start of the river. Yeah. It's not gushing, mm-hmm. but it's very slow and consistent. And over time, over years, over generations, that small trickle becomes a bustling river. Amen? Amen. So, as we pray for you, 
You first need to understand that the Holy Spirit has already been poured out on the day of Pentecost. So it's not that you need to do anything more or you need to work or to do anything else. The Spirit has already been poured out. But what you need to give him is access. Amen. 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 He says, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. Now, how, how, how does that access come about? Let's go to Acts, Acts, Acts 2 and verse 4. Acts 2 and verse 4. If you need a chair, Greg, you can, you can sit there. <laughs> bring it, bring it here. <laughs> we don't want a crisis here. <laughs> bring it. <laughs> See, these cold preachers, uh, they need to be seated uh, to help preach this thing. <laughs> Amen. So, verse 4 says, And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, listen to this, gave them utterance. Okay? Now, how does the access happen? So, when we, when we begin to pray for Greg, because he hasn't been filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues, he's not speaking in tongues yet, when we begin to pray for him, remember the scriptures, out of your belly. Huh? The Holy Spirit will give you utterance. So there will be a feeling on the inward parts of you where the Holy Spirit is giving you utterance. That utterance then, you need to work with that utterance and give him access to your vessel. Amen? How does it work? As we pray, yeah, the Holy Spirit will give you... Now, most people believe that they can't hear the, the Holy Spirit or they can't hear the Spirit. But I've got news for you. Everybody hears the Holy Spirit. The only difference is just recognition and understanding that. You see, someone says that, um, you know, you, you can have mothers upstairs and their babies are downstairs. And the, the babies will be crying, but the mother will be able to know the utterance of their child. There's something on the inside of the mother that has connected them to the child. So you need to understand that as a child of God, as a spirit being, God has given you, given you an antenna to pick up his spirit. Let me prove it to you. Does anybody know the term gut feeling? I had a gut feeling. Put your hand up if you know the term, I had a gut feeling. How many people have ever had a gut feeling? Huh? Or intuition? I just feel. Like something is not right. Huh? You see, that thing you call gut feeling or intuition is a mechanism that God has put in us as human beings to be able to detect the things of the spirit. Are you hearing me? So it's not that God is not speaking to you or you can't hear him. It's just that your channels are not yet fine-tuned to the workings and the speakings of the spirit because you haven't become acquainted with him. So you don't know how he speaks. You don't know how he guides you. But there's a thing called intuition and gut feeling. It's interesting that they call it gut. Right in the belly. Right there where the Bible says, from their bellies shall flow rivers of living. Oh, ah, I wish I was in church this morning. Oh, you're not hearing me. Huh? The gut. Huh? 
each one of us, God has already given you that mechanism to detect. Uh huh. The workings. Sometimes you miss it. And then something happens and say, oh, I had the feeling that would happen. How many times have we done that? See, that's the mechanism that God has already given you to pick up the utterances of the spirit. Amen. So. Now. As we pray for Greg. The Holy Spirit will give him an utterance. And he'll pick it up. And it will sound like gibberish. Amen. So, now, the reason why I wanted an in deep English person. Huh? There's a reason why. So, I'm going to speak to Greg in my language. Huh? Nyanja from Zambia. Huh? Nyanja is very similar to uh, the other half of Lee. So, that's why I didn't want him here. Because he might, he might know what I'm saying. So, that's why I wanted somebody deep, deep English. Huh? huh? You see, so now I'm going to tell you some words and you repeat from my language. Yeah, your mic is on. Yep. Okay. Money bunch. Money bunch. Now, who gave him the utterance? Are you hearing me? I gave him the utterance, but he had to give me access by complying and working with me. Are we getting it? He had to give me access by complying and working with me. Money bunch. Money bunch. Huh? It's not all right. We're not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm quarter African now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you half African? Quarter. We're gonna find you out. That is sounding too good to uh, perfect. That's sounding way too close to perfect. Okay. So, Mulibwanji, in my language, oh, let's not get there first. So, Mulibwanji is just a greeting. So, when I first tell it to him, Mulibwanji, say Mulibwanji. Manibwanji. Mulibwanji. Manibwanji. Mulibwanji. Manibwanji. Uh huh. You see, that's how it works. You have to. Press in and give more access. And more, as you give more access, it gives him confidence. To say it with confidence now. Money bunching. There you go. Now he's doing it on his own. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Huh? Now he's praying and speaking in tongues at his own will. Amen. Are we getting it? I, the spirit is giving him utterance and he's cooperating. So that inner belly, his hearing, Mulibwanji. So when we begin to pray for you, down in your inner belly, you go, you're going to hear some gibberish. Like Mulibwanji. Huh? There will be some gibberish down there in your belly. The start of the river. Huh? It's just starting now. Now you're giving access. Huh? To the river. Now we say, Mulibwanji Bueno. Mulibwanji Bueno. Yes. Mulibwanji. Mulibwanji Bueno. Bueno. Now he's growing in the spirit. Huh? See, the more you speak and pray in tongues, is the more you start to grow. Huh? 
So if you're ever going to grow in the spirit and be everything that God needs you to be to serve this generation, you need power. And to get power, you need to grow. Because if I take him to Zambia, his communication will be limited to just Mulibwanji and Buino. So if I drop him in Zambia, he won't be very effective. Hello? So what is happening with most believers is that you've reached a place where you've become ineffective. Why? Because you've limited your spiritual growth. Why did God use tongues? You need to understand that the kingdom of God is a word-activated kingdom. The Bible says that as the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, he spoke. He said what? Let there be light. So the kingdom of God is a word-activated kingdom. So the thing that God had to give you in his kingdom is a way to start growing through words, through language. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when you pray in the spirit, you're praying to God. When you pray in the spirit, you're praying to God. He says your mind does not understand what you are saying. Just like he doesn't quite understand what Mulibwanji is and what Buino is. He doesn't quite understand it, but he just continues it. But for me, I can understand that he's greeting me. He's saying, hello, how are you? I'm fine. Buino, I'm fine. Hallelujah. See, as you begin to grow, the Holy Spirit will even begin to give you interpretation. Ah, are you with me? That's how you grow. Spiritually. Amen. So he begins now to give access and he begins to give him utterance and he begins to now speak it. Amen. So as we pray for you, it might sound, there'll be something in in, in your inner parts that is saying, say this. But because it's gibberish, you might be scared. But no, no, no. The Bible says, open, give him access. And out of your belly, it will begin to flow. Amen? Amen. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Put your hands together for my co-preacher this morning. So, do we understand that now? It's about you giving the Holy Spirit access. It doesn't have to take long. It's about you giving access. You through understanding of your mind, knowing that it's okay to give him access to your temple. So we're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray. And if you're here this morning and you haven't yet received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you've heard the word This is your moment. God wants to fill you. Amen. God wants to fill you. If, see, there's there's also some people who you you receive the unction, even in your your own home, in, in your job, in your car. You felt the unction even when you've been praying in your quiet time, but you never cooperated 
with the spirit. You never gave him access. So it's not that, it's not that it has to take long. No, you just need to understand, oh, I need to give him access. Because it can happen even in your own quiet time. You can be filled with the spirit and speak in other tongues. Amen. So this morning, if you haven't yet been filled with the spirit, you haven't yet given your life to you. You haven't yet given him access. We want to pray with you this morning that God will truly fill you. Hallelujah. And you will begin to speak in other tongues and begin to grow spiritually. That's one. Secondly, you're here this morning and you said, you know what? I haven't prayed in tongues in such a long time. Or I'm not sure if it's tongues. I received, if that, that is what exactly the Bible asked me to do. If, if that is you, you also need to come. Because God now wants you to just give him access and let him flow. Let that spirit flow. Let those tongues flow. Hallelujah. Because speaking in tongues is the mechanism that God has given us to grow in the spirit. Amen. Let's have the team back, please. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.